Welcome everyone you are listening to and perhaps watching Not Sauce for Work. I am Peace Delariz and I am joined as always by Terry Tam. Confused, I'm hearing noises. What the fuck are you doing, Eagle? I mean, what am I doing? I'm hearing like static noises all of a sudden. I also heard some static noises, Eagle. Uh, I will noise? check, but I mean it should be fine, question mark. <laughs> okay, it stopped now. No. Um, okay, I'll figure it out. Stand by. <laughs> we got we got a great show today, Terry. Um, we're going to be talking to uh, Renaud Saint-Laurent. He's uh, a good friend of ours, and uh, he got a job working for Radio Canada doing the Olympics in French uh, for the three-on-three basketball uh, competition. So I'm very excited for him. I'm very excited for that opportunity, and excited to hear him call it because he's he's a really interesting guy. He's a fun guy. He's really laid back. Uh, Really fits our style here with Hot Sauce Sports. So looking forward to having that conversation with him. He's the uh, he's the Kawhi Leonard of three on three basketball commentary uh, play by play. He's a awesome. fun guy. He's a fun guy. He's a fun guy. That's fair. That's fair. Um, yeah. So so on top of that, we have some uh, news to get to. Uh, we we did a pre draft thing. We haven't really spoken since the draft. Uh, we're not going to get too heavy into it, but there are some topics that are still, of course, on everyone's mind. Uh, and of course the. Uh, typical nonsense that happens every week because the internet never lets us down. There's always stuff for us to talk about. Uh, so I started the one place where we 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 can't we can't start the show without going anywhere else. It is Cinco de Mayo, and I wanted to know if you guys have had any um, fun slash terrible things happen to you uh, in and about Cinco de Mayo. It might have been on this day. It might just have been at a Carlos and Pepe's. Um, <laughs> Uh, since I always bring these these topics on you guys and never give you advance warning, I'll start first. Um, I got I got two that I can remember off the top of my head. One was this was like one of the first things that happened during uh, the pandemic lockdown the first time around when um, we were all at home. We couldn't go out. Bars were all closed, and um, the we were all doing the. Uh, the sync has set the, the happy hour uh, Zoom calls. So we were doing it with all of our, with, you know, like all of our close friends and family. We didn't get through everyone. We were like, like gorilla calling, like whoever, okay, call this person, call this person, call this person. By the fourth one, it was about 4 p.m. I had vomited and fallen asleep on the couch. That, that How do was, you remember things that happen on a date that doesn't matter? Like, like Cinco de Mayo means nothing for us. Like, look at us. Yeah. My 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 wife is also not from this country. Oh, and that's true. She's Colombian, not, but she's isn't it a Mexican thing? It is, but she has Mexican friends as well. Ah, okay, there you go. Um, so for me, my one of my favorite TV shows is Arrested Development. Uh, I, I, I know so where you're going. They actually have a spoof on this because the family is essentially the super rich family where they have all their helpers essentially are Hispanic, and that they take the day off essentially on uh, Cinco de Mayo to go celebrate and everything. So what they decided to do was essentially create a new holiday the day before called Cinco de Cuatro, so essentially May 4th, where they throw a big party on that day the night before so everyone's too hungover the next day to actually celebrate and everyone just goes back to work and pretends the day is nothing. And it I works. Love how, Cinco de Cuatro becomes cin- the new holiday essentially. So I've been celebrating that for a while. I love how it's Cinco de Cuatro. It's not Cuatro de Mayo. Exactly. Yeah. Cinco de Cuatro. five of the four. <laughs> um. <laughs> But it still works, another... though, right? Because May is the fifth month. I have, I have another story. Um, and this is what I'm... See, Terry, Terry, you have to learn how to do this. See, 
I'm pretending this happened on Cinco de Mayo. It just happened at a Mexican restaurant. I'm just going by theme and pretending oh, it happened okay. on the day I'm talking about. So there's one time on Cinco de Mayo, we, we were at, um, I, I don't even think it's still open. So I'm going to go ahead and say the name direct, like of the restaurant uh, as is. It was uh, Mexicali Rosa. It was not particularly good, but we used to go there because it was cheap and alcohol was also very cheap. Uh, and one of uh, one of my buddies was sitting at the end of one of those really long, uh, you know, like the the benches, but at the end of, at the end of the restaurant where you have like twelve people that can sit on one yeah, end like of the, a banquet. You know, yeah, like a banquet style, exactly. So he's sitting at the end, and like he gets up and he's like, mm, nope, like mm, just no. And I'm like, hey, bro, what's up, man? What do, what do you need? He's like, mm, do you you want me to pass you the the quesadillas or? And then he just gets the 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 uh, the, uh, the half full. Uh, what's it called? Uh, Welcome. The thing you pour beer out of. Uh, why can't I remember the name? A pitcher. The pitcher. That's it. He that's gets how half- long it's been. That's how long it's been since I've been to a bar. Um, so he gets the half full pitcher and vomits directly into it. Um, and little did I know. The four people in that proximity, including myself, within the next three years, would all vomit into a pitcher before before the next like three years were done. So my my only Cinco de Mayo experience was I was in Mexico actually. Was it Cinco de Mayo? I don't know. But, but let's it pretend was, it was. Let's pretend it was. Mayo and you were in Mexico. So my friends my friends grew up in I have two friends that grew up here, but they moved to Arizona when they were like fourteen. So we st- I'm still good friends with them. Two of my best friends and. Uh, uh, we went to Arizona to see them, and we drove to Mexico from there. Uh, on the way there, we rented a condo for like two nights. It was weird. it's called Puerto Pinasco. It's like the, it's it's a nice beach, whatever. It's like it's a decent place. It's where a lot of Arizona kids just go and like like a week. It's like a trombone for them. It's like four hours okay. away. And uh, so we drove there. Actually, it was probably a little bit more. Anyway, we drove there. It was fine. On the way back, the last night, we go to this like bar, but it's just like an outdoor club kind of thing. So there's you're walking on sand. Um, and we get hammered, like absolutely plastered. We eat dollar tacos out of like this, like the water was black. Nice. That's how you know it's good. At the taco stand. Like it was black. Like it was, but it was so fucking good. It didn't hit me. It hit one of my buddies. It didn't hit me. The next day we're driving home. We hit like a speed bump really, no, sorry. That night we hit a speed bump really fast and nothing happened on the way home. The next day we had, we realized that it had punctured um what did it puncture the like the the cooler system so like the car was overheating so we got stranded in the desert for like four hours so we took off our shirts we're throwing footballs around in the desert pickup truck comes puts us on the flatbed we're in the car sleeping he's driving us around that little village and he's honking and everybody's just pointing and laughing at us like look at the white guys like they're just (laughs) laughing at us and we're just like passed out in the car because we're still hung over we stop at the border at arizona border waiting for an an american pickup truck american truck to come get us in the car six hours we waited there and then we get stuck in this fucking pickup truck my friends they all run to the back so i'm stuck in the front with this guy this massive guy he must have been like 400 pounds okay the tow truck driver he must Mm -hmm. have and he had a he had a gun on his right side and i'm sitting on his right side I'm literally for six hours. I'm glued to the window because I was shit scared that I was gonna die. A little yeah. Canadian boy, 18 years old, don't know what the fuck is going on. I see a gun for the first time in my life. I was like, what that? Well, not first time, but you know, it was that close to me, and I was just fucking shitting my pants. But the guy ended up being a super nice guy. So that's my single de Mayo story. Happened there's on the, three days on a three day span. There's uh, the, it was single. It was single. 
Cinco de Three, Cinco de Cuatro, and Cinco de Mayo. There we go. There we go. Uh, the the uh, Tres, by the way, three. No, I'm saying three because it's you know me. It's Cinco de Three, man. Cinco um, de Three. There's nothing more alarming than when you're in Arizona and you see how many people just freely walk around with, with firearms. Like as a Canadian, it's an absolute culture shock, right? Like it's just every second person will have one strapped to the, to their belt. It's yeah, it's but a guacamole. You can't compare it. So I mean, that's no. true. It's worth it. It's worth yeah. it for the guac. Also, you can sit in the back of a pickup truck over there. It's legal. Uh, yep. There's I mean, that that's plus. How they get to work, right? No. I think it's time for the news. Let's do the news. The news. <laughs> ah, Terry, it's the news. Is it now? I love how far away I have to get, especially with this mic, because I have I have no headset. I have no feedback as to how loud it actually is. Eagle, um, can you pick up his headset so you can bring it to his house? He's I have the headset. Man. I, I, I the prepared headset. it for him. It's ready to grab. He literally It's a wire. It I forget on the week. I remember it every time that I walk into my house on Wednesday at like 6.55 or whenever it is. or you know, We're doing the show at 6.30 and 6.24 when I walk into my house. That's when I remember it. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's been a, a crazy few days if you're a Green Bay Packers fan, isn't it, Eagle? Uh, yeah, it's been interesting to say the least. So let's go down the the the, uh, the timeline. Uh, shortly before the draft, the news breaks that uh, Aaron Rodgers is deeply unhappy, more so than we even thought. Um, that we then start hearing that. Um, he has no intention of playing for the team this year. And uh, Mark Schleyberth reported uh, that a deal with the Broncos was all but done. We then hear from the Packers that... Um, Didn't Mark Schleyberth play for the Broncos? He played for the Broncos. He works there in like local radio or, or Inside something. Inside info, huh? An ESPN local affiliate or Fox local affiliate. I don't remember which one, but he works for a, a local radio station on there. He, um, he reported... Uh, he reported that, and we, we assume like he's probably got sources inside the Broncos, right? Because your point, Terry, he played there and he works in the market. Two Super Bowls. Uh, Packers say, nope, that's uh, that's not a thing. We're not trading uh, Mark. We're not trading uh, Aaron Rodgers. Um, Aaron Rodgers is there at the Kentucky Derby. I love the memes about him being a police officer there to arrest Tom Brady. Um, he's there looking all skinny and shit, and he says something interesting. He says. I regret that that information came out. I'm happy with the Packers organization and all the people and the fans and so on. He didn't say, I hate that this was reported and it's not true. He said, I'm, I'm disappointed that this information got to the press. So, so that happens. And then a whole bunch of people saying stuff about him in the media. And it seems more and more apparent that that uh, relationship is deeply fractured. And I'm beginning to doubt that he'll actually play for the Packers next season. Yeah, I think I think he's done. Sorry, because I think you gotta look at Jordan Love and be like, okay, this guy's our future. And I mean, it's not bad. I mean, he's a first round pick, and um, that you traded up for. That you traded up for. But so you, I mean, you had a Hall of Fame quarterback. When you had a Hall of Fame, you had a Hall of Fame quarterback, and then that quarterback brought you to the NFC Championship final. So, but then you don't want that guy. No, <laughs> you want you want Jordan Love. 
talk about the dumbest decisions ever. Like people make like you you want to raise your kids to make good decisions in life. You can't force them to do anything. You can't force them to be good people. You just want them to make good decisions in life, right? Yeah. The entire Green Bay Packers organization, the front mm-hmm. office, all of them were terribly raised people because they are making awful decisions. And the mm-hmm. the, the awful decision they're making is that they're giving up on Aaron Rodgers, who hasn't skipped a beat. He hasn't lost a step. If anything, he's getting better with age. In the last and two seasons, he has 74 touchdowns and nine interceptions. That's with not- one receiver. With one receiver. <laughs> one receiver, exactly. And no the running game. receiver he liked, they cut. Think about that, too, right? Yeah, Cooper, exactly. Yeah. And um, uh, no running game. Well, they, they, they eventually started Aaron Jones, who... Like, if you've watched football for eight seconds, you realize Aaron Jones is by far the most talented running back in that backfield. And, like, if you're a guy like me, you're like, wow, this guy's a steal in fantasy. And then, like, for, like, almost a season and a half, you see him either share the ball with Jamal Williams or straight up be on the bench. And you're pulling your hair out of you. Like, why? Why is this guy giving, giving the ball 30 times a game? He's a freak athlete, but he had to, like, quote-unquote, earn his spot. It's nonsense. It's nonsense. Matt, Matt LaFleur is making is, – is just – he's digging himself a grave. Like, he's, he's getting to the point where if two years this team doesn't make a Super Bowl – or even or win the division both years because the division is fucking brutal, then he's going to get fired and he's never going to get a head coaching job ever again. Well, Eagle, so Eagle, give me his name, but um, it seems as though Aaron Rodgers' uh, biggest issue is actually with the general manager. When you, when you think about, like, again, of the last nine drafts, the, uh, the first-round pick for the Packers has been um, eight first-rounders, Sorry, eight eight defensive first rounders and one quarterback. That's the only offensive player they've drafted in the last nine years is a quarterback. You're referring um, to you're referring to Brian Gazuntite, who's actually whose actual name is Gutkunst. Sure. G u t e k u n s t. I love asking you for names because you can never get them right. I know. It's amazing. I know. <laughs> now, admittedly, our defense was the biggest problem. But mm-hmm. the quarterback pick is probably the one that doesn't make a lot of sense. Like this year, for example, we took a cornerback. You know, we can replace Kevin King, who blew God knows how many plays in our uh, our conference final game and everything. So fine, there's an arg- argument to be made that our defense needed to get better. But yeah, the the quarterback pick is essentially saying we're planning to move on from you at this point. And so I can understand Roger's frustration of, well, you're not building the team with me; you're building it against me. Yeah, I mean it's true. And also, who did they who did they pick in the draft? Oh, I know. I never remember his name. Hold on, give me a second. Wasn't J.C. Horn? Did Jeff to the corner? Um, Tyson, and did Tyson Campbell, the center, which I thought again, you know, you you do you do need to draft Eric Stokes. Stokes. Eric Stokes. Oh, they draft Eric Stokes. Okay, yeah, but that's actually not bad. But the thing is that this this draft was so deep at DBs that they could have waited the second round. Get a but receiver. But it wasn't about guy. this draft specifically. It's, it's that about in general. Like for for years and years and years, the second best receiver for the Packers is not a good football player, right? He's, he wouldn't be the second-best receiver on any team except for the Dolphins. Who have they had? They've had uh, that guy Marcus Lazar. Dropling. Yeah, they've had Lazar. They have uh, Valdez Dropling, Scanling. They've had Kumara, who they got rid of, who I, I'm actually a fan of. I think he's really good. Um, they had a guy that for years, I remember Dan Lebetard used to call him Fat Number 80. I don't know who it was. It was this fat white guy who... Who looked out of shape while playing in the NFL? Was it Rodgers? His name might have actually been Rodgers as well. Yeah, there was Richard a guy. There was, 
Yeah, there was a guy named Rogers. He caught that deep. I mean, he caught Donald one of the Driver, Harris. but not, obviously not him. No, it's not Donald Driver. Donald Driver was sick, and he played, he was more with Favre. Um, I, I think it's Roger. I think it's Richard Rogers. He's the guy that caught the ball in the end zone. He was a white guy, but I thought he was a tight end. Actually, now you're telling me he's a receiver. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's him. He caught one of those like famous Aaron Rodgers Hail Marys in the end zone. You know, and don't forget that wasn't the only fat guy they had. They also had Fat Eddie Lacy, cheeseburger. Oh, they did have Fat Eddie Lacy. <laughs> So, and, and what's interesting is I remember having Mark Murphy, who was the, who was the vice president of the Packers. I remember having his football card and he was a fat safety. I think that's just his jam. Like he likes, he just guys, likes fat guys. He likes guys who like play faster than their body type. There you go. I mean, that's I'm down for that. But oh, what the worst part about all this is the old guys coming out like Terry Bradshaw, Terry Bradshaw t- telling Aaron Rodgers like that he's done and he should just retire is probably the second most preposterous thing after Paul Pierce is like smoking weed with strippers going on Instagram live. Those are the two most preposterous things that have happened in the year 2021. Like I'm not even lying. Like I, including the assault on the U S Capitol. Exactly. Yeah. hundred percent. Terry Bradshaw saying that Aaron Rodgers is done is the most preposterous thing that's happened this year. The most. Well, he also criticized Aaron Rodgers' footwork. Which is crazy to me because Terry Terry Bradshaw, literally all he did was turn around and give the ball to somebody, uh, close his eyes and chuck it to Lynn Swan. Like, Terry Bradshaw is, he's a great actor. You know what I mean? He's a good actor. Like, that's what I say about Terry Bradshaw. He's an actor. That's, That's what I say about Terry Bradshaw. We need to stop giving these these old guys that have no idea what the sport is like today. In all sports, I'm saying this. Mm-hmm. Today, we need to stop giving them a voice. We got rid of Don Cherry. About time. Um, basketball. I mean, who's left in basketball, really? They're all young guys. Well, I mean, so like, there's the thing about Shaq. But to be honest, Shaq is there more as an entertainer. It's comedic. Yeah. No, he's not, he's not giving. Mike Milbury. Mike yes. Milbury is another doofus. There you go. Barry Melrose, another doofus. I think he got a job back, but... You know what I mean? Like, Boogie Boogie is like, still on TV, but hopefully not for long. But that's the thing. We need to like we need to get rid of Terry Bradshaw, man. Like guys like Terry Bradshaw. I like Jimmy Johnson. Jimmy Johnson actually still knows that he, he's talking about football. But guys like Terry Bradshaw cannot be on TV anymore. He's not entertaining, and he doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about. And this proves it. He's done. Yeah. Finished. Cooked. Saturday night visit. It's just honestly like Terry Bradshaw criticizing um, – criticizing what's his name criticizing um aaron Rodgers at the quarterback position is like i don't know <laughs> me criticizing my mechanic like i don't know anything about cars i don't know anything like just anything anything hands-on i don't know how to do like yeah. well, it's, it's true you know how to put gas like are you sure that pipe goes there like no i don't know anything about this that's what terry bradshaw is to the football position i don't care about the super bowls go back and watch him he was not good Look at the numbers. He was not good. He would. He was good enough to play in an NFL where guys weren't the same level of specialization that they are today. I agree. Like not even uh, Brett Favre. I would have loved. I would have loved if Brett Favre had a lack of awareness to um, come out and talk about. You know, he should just you know be quiet and play. Given that Brett Favre held the Packers hostage for three seasons, I thought I thought that that would have been a funny pivot. But Favre was actually self-aware for five seconds, and that was that was cool to see. Eagle, okay, so he was here, here's here's an interesting question since we're talking about the Brett Favre. 
Would you, if you're the Jets, trade Zach Wilson for Rodgers, even if you have to give up like yes. the next three years of first round picks? Just yes, because like you're, you're gonna have him years. You're gonna because mm. because who who cares about the future if you can win now? Okay, can but you, you think the Jets, the Jets are the Jets one quarterback away from the winning Jets the Super aren't Bowl. the Broncos? The Jets are any, the 49ers. any team, exactly. any t- the only position where you're one player away is the quarterback position. Like no, no one's a left tackle away from winning unless you have that quarterback. No, that, like, it's wrong. It's wrong. It's wrong because. It's yeah okay. It's a huge piece. I'm not saying that so it's not what, an important what piece. So, piece are you away with Alex Smith at quarterback? All of them because you don't have the quarterback. What do you mean? You cannot win the Super Bowl at this point yeah. with in with what the NFL is now with the yeah. level of specialization. You cannot win without a top tier quarterback. Okay, Here. but I know I agree with that. I agree that I'm not saying that's not there's, what I'm saying. But I'm saying is that the Jets, guys, but the Jets are the Jets just missing a quarterback? Aren't the they Jets also missing, missing defense everything. and a receiving core and arguably you, a running back now? But if 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 they don't have one of these guys who comes around, there's basically the NFL draft is a lie. They tell you there's three great quarterbacks every draft. There isn't. There's three great quarterbacks a decade. This is your chance to get one for three or four years. Why not? I agree versus not you. knowing if you have one. I agree with you, but if you're if you're gonna mortgage your future, your mortgage, everyone, it's time that he's there. Just listen. Mortgage. So. But you can't mortgage the time he's there because they have nothing else to offer. It's not like they're the 49ers that are literally one quarterback away from making it to the Super Bowl. It's not like it's not like let's say we'll use the Dallas Cowboys. If Dak was there, it's a completely different season. It's not like they're uh, the well, the Buffalo Bills. I mean, with uh, with what's his name? I forgot his name already. Jo- what's the quarterback? Josh Allen. Josh Allen. I was going to say Joe Allen. So yeah. So if you put the Roger, if you put Rogers on the Jets, it doesn't fix their problems. It might patch up a few it problems. It absolutely fixes most of the problems. And then you No, it fixes you, one problem. The rest of the problem is the players? defense. You don't think you can attract players if you have Aaron Rodgers as a quarterback and a GM who's not incompetent? I guarantee you they don't get enough players to fill that roster. It's not like they have guys like Gronkowski can, that are retired. Can, it's not like they have guys like Antonio Brown that are begging to play listen, with Tom Brady. It, it's not what the league was. Look at look at how quickly the Dolphins turned around to become a respectable team, and now people are considering them to be a smart front office. Look how quickly the Chiefs turned around with, with, with Patrick Mahomes. Look how quickly... Um, What's it called? The Rams went from being a joke to being in the Super Bowl, the most boring Super Bowl of all time. But just to say, like... It's it's not Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay couldn't make the playoffs with Jameis Winston, and they get a quarterback and they yeah. win well in, in no, impressive fashion. It wasn't just the quarterback. quarterback it wasn't just the quarterback. They had the lead leaguer in I sacks. If you don't have the quarterback, you don't have a chance. They had the lead leaguer in sacks. They had Mike Evans, Antonio Brown, Scotty mm-hmm. Miller came out of fucking nowhere. They had and, Gronkowski. And if if Jameis Winston is the quarterback, they, they don't make the playoffs. They have a D line. I know. And if Jameis Winston's the quarterback, they don't make the playoffs. They don't make the playoffs. And I mean, it's not that's not up James in the air because Winston was a first round pick like Zach Wilson is. No, I I understand this, but you but you also you were talking about James Winston. We're not talking about Zach Wilson. We don't the, the I'll say this again. The book is not out on Zach Wilson. Correct, but on the Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers. You think, my thing is why why would you take uncertain when you have certain? I'm saying that Aaron Rodgers does not make the playoffs with the Jets roster the, the way it is right now. The only person that would come that would that would help them out is if Julian Edelman magically came out of retirement. I mean, maybe, but I, I, like I said, I think with, with Zach Wilson, if, you if just said you just said true, the most preposterous thing in 2021. No, no, you I'm saying if, that, if what you're saying is true, then Zach Wilson 
can't make the before Aaron Rodgers retires, Zach Wilson won't lead the Jets to the playoffs. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that the, you, if you mortgage the future, if you mortgage your next three first-round picks for one year, that you're not going to have anybody else. If you trade away your three first-round picks, not one year. I'm saying the rest of I'm saying the rest of Rodgers' career, which exactly. is exactly so. Three to five years. If you trade three first-round picks, you're losing all that value. That's one. Two, you can't trade that value to get value to get an asset. So you're done there because if you're going to be trying to get another a, a number one receiver, you're going to be have you're going to have to give up a first round pick, and you you're not going to have those first round picks. You so, so basically, how, Terry, you're saying that this year is a wash. Next year, you have to hope on free agency to help you out, and the year after, and only year four of Rogers, where he's potentially declining at that point. Potentially is when you can actually start building your team for like winning at that point. So exactly, really, and your five year duration of Rogers, you really only get maybe two or three. Exactly, and I and I know what Pease is saying, and I'm not disagreeing with what you're saying. But if you look at the big picture, it doesn't fix. Jets are the worst fucking team in the league by far. But so, but so if the, by if, far, if you if you fix that one position, you have f- a five year window where you you're you're sure pretty much you'll get a shot. With Zach Wilson, you don't have that security in five. The years. only the only thing the only trade straight away trade for a first round quarterback this year was Trevor Lawrence. So Trevor Lawrence, if you trade him for Aaron Rodgers right away, if you mm-hmm. do that trade, if if you take Aaron Rodgers and you implant him in the Jaguars, they win the division and they have a chance at the Super Bowl. That's the only team that drafted a quarterback. Actually Well no San Francisco San Francisco legitimately offered the third pick. No, okay, that's true. That's what I'm saying. But I mentioned them before. San Francisco is a team that if you take Aaron Rodgers and implant him right there, they're a Super Bowl contending team on the spot. On the spot. And that's I'm, again, I'm not saying I mean, they I'm not already saying are for that matter. First year. Exactly, yeah. I'm saying they're a better team with him right away. 100%. And it allows them to attract free agents in a way that Zach Wilson might not because he looks like he's nine years old. <laughs> and he likes Trump. Um, so, uh, as I was watching the draft, it wasn't a night of drinking for me. Instead, I decided to go for a lower calorie option, which hopefully will be sponsored at some point. Uh, but, Terry, as I was watching the, uh, the uh, NFL draft... Speaking I, of sponsors. Uh, I know. It's a, a hot streak is up on the screen, but we'll get to that in a second. For now, however, it is time for NFL Blitz, where, in an altered state of mind, I recorded some thoughts. Terry, I want you to... Consider these and consider whether or not these are the most important stories in the draft or not important at all. Those are your only two options. All right, go. E- Eagle, is there imaging? Not right now there isn't. I mean, there can you're, be. You had like half an hour to prepare this. Yeah. But you didn't. No. All right, Hamatoon. I actually think I actually have uh, an NFL. I know you have it. Like, it's an asset we already have. I don't understand what the issue is. Yeah, I forgot about it. Okay, NFL Blitz. Um, Terry, the first thought I had, Goodell waited a whole year for a hug. Trevor Lawrence stayed at home and made him wait an extra pick. What do you want me to say? My thoughts on it? The one I was blitzed. How was that to the draft? Oh, that was extremely important because the one thing about that we know about the NFL is that Roger Goodell is a piece of shit. So the fact that he can't go out there and do the whole show, and it was so funny when he was when they started booing him. He's like, come on. He's like, I don't know. Does he hear the booze or does he think they're cheering him on? Like, I don't understand. So that's why it was the most important moment of the draft. There's something in his robot programming that tells him if you cheer on the booze, it'll it'll make you seem funny. He is such a tool. He is unbelievably probably the biggest tool I've ever seen in my life. Uh, Second thing I came up with, uh, if the New York Jets draft Zach Wilson, he can't be good. That's 100% true. So this is what I was saying in our live draft is that they should have – 
uh, they should have traded for like traded the pick and then and then traded for the player because anybody they draft sucks, right? But mm-hmm. if they trade for the player, then he doesn't then suck. Someone else drafted him. Smart. Yeah, that's what I'm hey, saying. So the-, the Giants did that with Eli Manning. Eli Manning two Super Bowls and Philip Rivers zero. There, there you, you go. go. There you go. That's, that, 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 that's, that's a good point there. Very astute. Yeah. All right, third one. These guys talking about the New York media like it's not an outdated argument from the 1990s. You know when they say like, can he handle the tough media in New York? Like, like these guys aren't covered 24-7 by everyone all the time. Also, it's the Jets. It's not like it's the Giants. Like The Giants are covered a lot. The Jets are like more like a New Jersey team, Queens. You know what I mean? Like that's the, Those are the Jets. You know? You're only covered so we can make fun of you. Exactly. Right? But, like, uh, New York media, I mean, they don't really care about that anymore. I mean, the only media teams, the only media cities that are bad, I think, are Montreal for the Habs. I guess New York football could be up there. Boston is probably but, the but worst. Just, L.A. Dodgers. But, but, Terry, like, with ESPN being, like, national and, and all these sports outlets being national and, and blogs like us that exist and Barstool, like, everyone's covered all the time if you all do something time. bad, right? So, like, I, it doesn't matter. Like, if It's Pat not Mahomes, like it's the Yankees. If Pat Mahomes has a bad game for Kansas City, he's gonna get dragged, right? So yeah, it's, that's but Kansas it's also, City. It's also not like the Yankees. Like it's not like the, it's not like the Jets is like like they're expecting the Jets to lose. So if yeah. if Zach Wilson sucks, it's like ah, we did it. We did it again. You know, it's not. It's it's not. There's nothing. There's nothing there that's concrete that tells what? me that New York is a bad media city. When I saw how young Zach Wilson looked, it reminded me of when Connor McDavid got drafted and three years later looked like a method. Like he looked like so innocent in his draft day, and then just looked so beaten down by playing with the Oilers for so many years. It's crazy right. what he looks like now. Eh? He looks like a fucking uh, beat up uh, old woman that just shops at Walmart on the weekends. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, number four, Jimmy G's pulling the lance out of his back right now. So, I love, I love the argument. Like, I love what they say about like Jimmy G. He's like, oh, you know, he's a professional. He shows up to practice and stuff, and it's like. Yeah, well, Isn't he's just all doing... their jobs. Yeah, yeah, that's just him doing his job. Isn't it you know, going like... to your job every day. Yeah, and uh, I I feel bad for Trey Lance because he's going through a situation where Jimmy G's probably like the best looking guy in the world, and it's yeah. like I can't not like this guy. This guy's so charming. Look at him; he's got nice eyes. He's beautiful. He bangs porn stars, and I feel bad for Trey Lance because he's like, ah, you know, just give him the starting job. Like Trey Lance is gonna be the nice guy. He's gonna be like, you know, just take the starting job. That's the way I see it's gonna happen. And and uh, Lance Lance hasn't uh, Trey Lance hasn't started a game. Uh, I think he's played one game in the last 16 months, and he was playing at Dakota. So, like, that's a hell of a hell of a shift from playing like almost two, like over a year ago to playing in the NFL uh, for a team like you said, Terry. That's almost Super Bowl ready. Uh, so that's going to be interesting as well. Uh, number five. Also, I I put them as letters in the list, but for some reason I'm numbering them now on the show. Number five. There's no way to not sing along to Sweet Caroline. Roger Goodell should be arrested. You, the thing about Roger Goodell is anything he does should be arrested because the guy guarantee has skeletons in his closet. But dude, every single person, including everyone at home, was singing along to Sweet Caroline, and all he did at the end was came on and said, "That was good." And then announced the next pick. He didn't sing along, didn't clap, didn't tap his toes, didn't give a genuine reaction to one of the most popular drinking songs of all time. How many sex positions does Roger Goodell know? Half. 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 He knows one. what he's supposed to do. Missionary. Like he studied it? No, but I don't think he, he realizes there's another person that's involved in missionary. Yeah. He just, just there. He does what he has to do. Gets like, him, gets I, I got to get, literally. Um. All right. Number six, otherwise known as F. Kings of Leon really nailed the sound of 2008. 
I was watching when I was watching that. I'm like, why the fuck? Where where was the draft? Cleveland? Are they from Cleveland? I don't think they are. They get from a, Tennessee. Yeah, get a local band. Band from Tennessee to be fair. Yeah, get a local band. From get Nashville, a band. Yeah. yeah, get a band that nobody knows. Get a band like that from the city that you're in. Show yeah. some support. Like I like Kings of Leon. Or, or, like, no, fan. I like. I, don't get me wrong, Terry. I'm a white guy. I obviously like Kings of Leon. But they play their it's old like, shit. But but not only that, like my thing is like how, like how relevant is Kings of Leon right now? Like they're not like superstars. They were they were good for a moment, but that was kind of it. Like Sex on Fire was good for a while. Yeah, 2008 was when that song came Come out. Around Sundown is a great album, but it is. Yeah, that was like what 2010, 2012. Yeah, you know exactly. they were they were Over they were like a punk they were like a punk band before, and they were actually a very good punk band. And then they went they sold out. They went full commercial. Well, they like money like everyone else. So. Yeah, I mean, who doesn't? Um. No, number G, does Roger Goodell think people want to sit in his chair and that it's a great honor? <laughs> I couldn't stop laughing. I was like, why is this stupid armchair? He's like, okay, now you have to sit in that chair. Okay, but I, I can. I have sciatic problems. I can't sit in the chair. No, you okay, must. Well, you have to. It's the chair I brought from my basement last year. Remember the basement? And he's like, no. Well, I brought it, so like you got to use it. You know? <laughs> like, this is the stupidest conversation ever. There, there was one guy. There was one guy from the Jets. Uh, There's one guy from the, who was like supporting the Jets who was sitting in the chair and he got up to like hug the draft pick and he was like mauled by security. It was awesome. Like the camera cut away every time, but there was so many angles where the guy was still in the shot. You see security just sort of holding him back and talking to him and pulling him away from the camera side. And finally, Terry, what do you think was worse? CeeDee Lamb's uh, phone snatch from last season or Jalen Waddle's family snub just walking right up, right onto the stage? Guaranteed right, right. CD line. So the, the reason why CD line. I already got the calls um, like five minutes before. I already got the call and everybody around me. We already celebrated and I already you know, shared the moment with my family and loved ones. Um, the TV uh, personnel wanted me to, you know, sit back down and try to capture the moment again with the TV and the call was off schedule. It wasn't on time. So we kind of already celebrated before y'all yeah, had seen. They were just waiting for my name to pop up on the, the screen. And then the, the memes so, of it was kind of funny too, though. I, I laughed at a couple of them. He seems like a good kid. So uh, my so the thing is with that is that I I believe him, but also like he looked right at everybody coming after him. And he just said, still said, "Fuck it, I'm walking away." Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's like he's like, I already did this shit. I'm not doing it again, man. I'm going to but leave. But maybe like Waddle is saying he got the call five minutes before. Maybe that's why C. Lamb's girl thought it was okay to go through his phone because he already got the call. He's yeah. Uh, but CD Lamb by far is the best one because so, uh, not only because Jalen Waddle like made it like a group of people kind of look weird. He CD Lamb single handedly ruined this person's life. Yeah, hundred percent. She's done. She's cooked. She's like the dude who caught who caught that baseball in in New York over the like in the outfield. The Chicago. ball that was the, in Chicago. My mistake. Yeah, Martin. that dude's life ruined. This chick, same thing. Um, so which of these uh, one to eight stories is the most important story of the NFL draft? Uh, it has to be Goodell's chair because Goodell's it's chair. it's the all yeah it's the ultimate like hey look at me I'm cool but we all know you're not you know like just, you're just fucking imagine a, the the logistics team setting up the draft and someone's like okay we have to go pick up a chair from Goodell's house and then Fuck. fly it to Cleveland so we can put it on stage for this stupid gig we're trying to do 
Or knowing Goodell, he's like, I don't want to lose that chair. So can you go buy the same one and wear it out? For it's the next- exactly that. Yeah, just, there's no way that's his actual chair. 100%. No way. He paid no. a guy out of his $42 million check. He gave him a million dollars. And he's like, sit in this chair for the rest of the year. And the worst is it looked it legitimately looked like Goodell bought that chair off the Sears catalog when Sears still existed. So this guy was going through Facebook Marketplace in random cities looking for a clone of that chair. <laughs> Fucking that chair, man. That chair has seen no sexual activity. Not, not at all. Not at all. Um, stainless. Um, Eagle, the game between the Rangers and the Capitals is going on right now. Uh, last I heard, there were six fights in the first like eight minutes of the game. Uh, do you have any updates? Uh, it is currently one nothing for the Washington Cap- Capitals. Uh, let me see Those if I can guys. find the penalty log because it's a lot. Let me tell you that. There's a lot of penalties in this game. Yeah, so there's six fights and a line brawl in the first five minutes. That's the ah, latest fucking update, rights. essentially. Fucking rights. I love it, man. Who Who's uh, on the ice? Everyone. No, give me you – know, who's, who's, who was the line that got the penalty, do you know? Uh, I can go look it up. Let me go look it up for you. I'll find give the me the names of the guys that have five minutes. Okay. We'll do Anything it. over keep, five. Keep talking. I'll find it. Uh, so, Terry, can you give us a bit of background as to why this is happening? So, Tom Wilson, uh, favorite player, uh, dirtiest guy in the league. He um, probably best-looking guy in the league, too. You ever see that guy? Like, he's, actually he's, see him? When he, well, I saw him skating off, and he's, like, skating off looking like an Adonis. Like, like Tom Wilson. Yeah. Like, call so, me. You know what I mean? Like, you're, you're a good-looking guy. I'm a fan. Fan. And I'm a big fan. I think he's a great player. Yeah, he does cross the line. He does teeter on that line. Strome and he's has a little bit. Five minutes. Rooney Good. has 15. Giuseppe has five. Blackwell has five. Uh, Buchnovich has four right now. Batero has five. Smith has 17. So that's, that's on uh, the Rangers. On the that's Capitals, more minutes than have been played. Yeah. Raffle has five, Eller has five, Hathaway has five, Dowd has five, Wilson has 15, Haglin has seven, and Carl has two. Chara yeah. only has two. That's a shame. That's a shame. Yeah. But, he's, getting, uh, he's getting old. You know, he's laid back. Grandpa yeah, but he's still old. a fucking beast, man. Anyway, so Tom Wilson takes a cheap shot to Buchnevich on the ground. You know, whatever. He should have got a suspend. He should have got suspended. $5,000 fine. But in the middle of the fight, little Panarin, who's smaller than Eagle, Grab, jumps on Tom Wilson's back and tries to like choke him out and defend his player, which is you're you're in the right. You're hockey. It's part of the community. It's it's part of the culture. It is what it is. But Tom Wilson turns around and ragdolls this fucking guy, grabs him by the hair, throws him to the ground. Everybody's freaking out. Everybody's up in arms. And I understand why. Bigger guy, small guy. But Panarin, you know you're going after the dirtiest guy in the league. Don't like this is what's gonna happen. This is what's gonna happen. But see, like when I saw the clip. And, you know, Terry, you know that I'm not the biggest hockey guy. When I saw the clip, though, that wasn't the part that got me. Like, I was like, okay, well, Panarin got involved and he, he got his head caved in. Like, you got to expect that knowing yeah. that you're going after a bigger guy. I thought what Wilson did to, to, the, to the booch was the bigger deal. Of course, 100%. And he should have been suspended. Tom Wilson got suspended 20 games last year. Yeah. He should have been. He got suspended another five games this year for a legal hit. He and should have been suspended for this. 100%. Here's, here's another tough guy, John Scott, speaking about... Um, about him having suspension. And I just, I just finished up doing a great video talking about Tom Wilson, 
what his suspension should be, how it was a gutless move on his part, throwing around Panarin and punching Bushnevich in the face when he was on the ground in a prone position. Just gutless, terrible hockey. I was saying how you know much I used to respect Tom Wilson. He plays the game the way I like it to be played. He's physical. He hits. He plays on the edge. That's what I love about him. And I, I think he crossed the line this time. And then I just get the news that he could... He, he gets fined $5,000? Like, what What on earth is happening with the NHL right now? George Peros completely dropped not only the ball, he dropped everything. Dropped his drawers, dropped everything. It, it was a joke of a fine. And listen, I love this type of hockey. I think we all do. But what Tom did was just, you can't, there's no excuse for that. It's just, it's insane to me that he only got a $5,000 fine. He's a repeat offender. He, he's done this time in and time out. I don't know. I don't know if George has some kind of dog in this race. He wants Washington to, to win the cup. I, I honestly don't know. Yeah, that's what he, I have no words for it. It's insane to me that he gets a $5,000 <laughs> fine. It really is incredible. What this means, though, is that it's fair game, baby, in any scrum. It's honestly fair game. If you go into a scrum anywhere on the ice and you see a star player – I'm throwing sucker punches. I'm grabbing this guy. I'm twisting ankles. I'm doing whatever I can because the worst thing that's going to happen to me is a $5,000 suspension because I can't see anybody doing more than what Tom Wilson did to Panera. Honestly, I feel bad for Panera. That's a good point. The guy comes in to help out his teammate just to kind of try to calm things down and Wilson jumps on his back. I know. Shame on you, NHL. You should have did something to protect the, the Panarin. And then shame on Wilson, man. You, you got to know better. Anyways, let me know what you think. So, uh, John Scott, that, no, I agree kidding. with you that his his take about like, you know, there being a giant conspiracy for Washington to win the cup is a bit of a stretch, uh, given that they're helping I mean, them. Th this is the same NHL who put a conspiracy into not invite him to the uh, the All Star game, right? Like that was a big deal. So I can see why he has like put on his tinfoil hat and be like, no, no, they're out to get me type of thing. No, I think John Scott was the captain of the All Star team that year. Yeah, but not. But we voted him in, and then they were like, yeah, but no, we're not going to count him type of thing. Remember? But they, they did. They had, they, 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 they had to go back on it because people were going to lose their shit yeah. if they didn't. So no, he's right. He's right. He's he's spot on. He's 100 percent on because now it kind of sets a precedent. And it's like, okay, now the star player is coming after me. I can ragdoll and do whatever I want. I'm only going to get a five thousand dollar fine. And for and, and especially Tom Wilson has a rap sheet. These guys like other guys don't have like. Let's say it's well, we use Montreal because it's local, but like let's say it's uh, Josh Anderson and he goes up against New York and he ragdolls Panarin. Is is he going to get a five thousand dollar fine or is he going to get suspended for doing exactly what Wilson did? And that's the part that bothers me. The worst me. is they they probably get the same fine because fines are collectively bargained, right? So like exactly. you can suspend for additional punishment, but the fine is predetermined, right? Yeah, so it, you it would goes, actually it, get the same penalty. It goes up in increments, right? So, I but that's the thing. Up. I don't think that's the case for fines. I think that's only the case for suspensions, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, okay, maybe I could be wrong. Um, but that's the thing with Wilson is that yeah, okay, it was a dirty move. I get it, but like he's in the scrum, and John Scott said it. If you're in the scrum, you go in there and you you fight. And Panarin did. He made a decision. And he lost that decision. And that's yeah. the reality. That's the reality of the beast. Should Wilson have gone suspended 20 games for that punch? Absolutely. And I'm saying this as probably the biggest Tom Wilson fan. Legit. So when we come back, we're going to talk to Renaud Saint Laurent about the Olympics, uh, Babing Tall, and a whole bunch of other stuff. And we're back. Uh, joining us now. Uh, and by us, of course, I mean myself and Terry Tam on Not Sauce for Work. Uh, brought to you by Terry. Hot Streak Fantasy app, probably the best fantasy app. And, you know, it's actually, maybe they'll have 
maybe we should talk to him about doing three on three basketball for the Olympics. Be so good. it's the, probably the best fantasy app of all time. You can bet live every three minutes. You know, you can bet new players five bucks. I'm up, man. I'm up big time on this shit. I love it. It's the easiest way to make money. I haven't played much and I'm down, but that's to be expected because <laughs> I'm a terrible gambler. Um, I'm also not a great broadcaster, but a great broadcaster is in fact joining us. Uh, Reno Senara, or as I call him, Big Ren, because <laughs> the dude is a monster, uh, super tall dude, um, really eloquent speaker, love uh, his sports opinions as always, uh, and just genuinely nice dude. He'll be doing some Olympic coverage, as Terry mentioned, in the uh, three-on-three basketball portion of the Olympics in Tokyo. Uh, first of all, Renaud, uh, congratulations, man. That's awesome. Thank you, guys. Uh, it's a great adventure. You talked about the fact that I'm tall, but I got to say right off the bat, the analyst, the, the color commenter with me is as tall as me. So we might oh, be the shit. biggest duo in the history of play-by-place in the sports. Uh, two six-foot-six guys uh, in the same boot. It might be the biggest duo ever. I mean, TNT's got you beat with Shaq and Charles Barkley, though. True, but they're not doing play-by-play, so I guess... That's true, they're not doing play-by-play. Good point. I call play-by-play do all the time. And also, they're a lot older, so they're probably shrinking now. They might be closer to 6'5", you know? True that. young, he's snappy, you know what I mean? He's probably... He's going to move up to 6'7 next week. Next week, next week. I'm off uh, just, just inject some A-Rod into you, see where that goes. You can uh, put so anything on Wikipedia. We, just, we, we should just change his Wikipedia to 6-7. Yeah, true. <laughs> before, before we get into the Olympic stuff, uh, just because yeah. I see you in the window wearing your uh, Denver Broncos gear, um, how, do you, how are you enjoying your new quarterback, Aaron Rodgers? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. It's been a, it, it was a wild ride last Thursday uh, at about 7.30 at night. All the rumors were flying in about... Aaron Rodgers to the Broncos, some people, uh, credible sources were saying, like, it's done, it's done. I was shaking in my kitchen. I was <laughs> yeah. unable to do any task. I, I left the, the sink open. I was, like, not in this world. And then we learned that it's not going to happen. And then about an hour after, Justin Fields is available when we draft at the ninth position and we pass on him. So I went from Aaron Rodgers to Justin Fields to... Teddy Two Gloves Bridgewater in two hours. <laughs> it was a wild ride. I, at, at the point that where we drafted Patrick Sertain, I threw my, my jersey on the floor, and it's still there uh, almost a week after. <laughs> so as a Cowboys fan, I was like waiting for Patrick Sertain to fall right to us, and the Broncos just kind of took him. I was a little shocked with that. I mean, listen, he's a great player, but I thought they would go quarterback too. I mean, I don't know why. Everyone thought they'd go quarterback. Yeah, I mean, it was just a – Drew Locke was, like, was ready for them to take a quarterback. <laughs> yeah. It's Especially with, with Justin Fields available. I mean, if it was Mac Jones, maybe you could say the argument that you're not sure. But Justin Fields was there, and he has all the traits of an elite. And even if he's a bust, like in five years, who knows? Like a bust quarterback will always be worth the risk more than a corner yeah. as good as Patrick Sertain is. Which yeah, I'm that's a good sure point. will like him. But it's a quarterback. It's a quarterback league. But anyway, I like I like Drew Lock. Honestly, I was a fan of Drew Lock in college. I'm a, I was a fan of Drew Lock. I feel like he's, he's spunky. You know, he's like a gunslinger. I think he's. I think he'd be good. I think he. The thing is, you guys are in an extremely tough division with the Chargers yeah. now. Justin Herbert, man, that guy doesn't. It looks like he's not slowing down. That guy is unfreaking real. And obviously, there's the Chiefs, the Raiders, whatever. We can forget about them. They're awful. Any so team that Duke say- supports, just avoid. That- I know that's not a good sign because there's nobody in the world who talks more sports with Terry than I do. 
And Terry was convinced forever that Mitch Trubisky was just misunderstood. I still am, by the way. I, I, <laughs> I still think See, Trubisky is oh, sorry. The book is not out on Trubisky. The book is not out. It's not done. I think it's he's got written, some good football left. It's gone. In, it, they've already been in. It's the third print on the Trubisky book. It, it's been. No, no, no. It's on the yeah. shelves and no one's buying it. it it's Cliff Notes. It's Cliff Notes. It's not an actual. It's short stories. It's not an actual book. It's not a novel. The novel isn't out yet. You know, um, tell us a bit about your journey. Because uh, I know you were doing some photography for the Catabang. Yeah. Uh, tell us a little bit how you went from there to basically calling play-by-play at the Olympics. Well, the, the most important part of it was before I arrived at the Carabin, uh, about uh, 2016. I was working for CBC, Radio-Canada, uh, the French version of CBC, for about 10 years at the sports department. I, did, uh, I, I was a director there and a reporter sometimes. And I did some, some work on TV for a couple of shows, a kid's show. I started uh, doing TV on, uh, with the kid, a sports report on a kid's show on the Saturday morning. And after that, I did a couple of stuff for more general uh, shows, but never play-by-play. But I, I mean, I did some camera stuff, but never, uh, never as a play-by-play announcer. But uh, about four months ago, I, I had the Olympic spleen. You know, I was like, I want to live the Olympic again, which is a great trip. I did it many times, but in the production team, uh, starting at the Beijing uh, Games in 2008 up to Sochi in 2014. So I had a lot of fun and I was like, I want to live that again. So I wrote to my old boss. I'm like, if you're ever looking for some people, uh, I have some vacation with the Carabin in the summer. So I'm like, and I just want to live sports. We all want to live sports at this point. We yeah. just want to have some actual live event. So, uh, uh, and my boss, Chantal, uh, wrote, wrote, former boss, wrote me back and she said, well, uh, we have some opening uh, in the play-by-play boot uh, with the basketball, the three-on-three tournament, which is a new, completely new uh, sports at the Olympics. And there's a couple of good basketball play-by-play announcers, but they were already on the five-on-five. And she said, we have an opening. Do you want to do it? I'm like, for sure. I'm a former basketball myself, a basketball player myself. Uh, so I'm like, that's my sports. I don't know about field hockey. Maybe I, I couldn't have done, done that, but... Basketball was right up there. Three by three is a different game for sure, but it's still the basketball part that I understand. So I'm like, uh, let's go. But I never did any play-by-play in my life, except an NHL 15 tournament at the big uh, video game uh, event, the LAN party of the ETS uh, at the Palais des Congrès. I did like an NHL tournament there, and that's the only uh, only time I did some play-by-play. And even then, I was alone in my booth, uh, screaming uh, about some virtual goals. But uh, it was my first experience. I got to tell you guys, it was a a lot of fun. We did a a test, uh, uh, a screen test with uh, with Will Archambault, my partner, uh, whom I talked about earlier, was going to do the color analyst, and uh, it was great. It's a really fast-paced sports. It's a shot clock of 12 seconds. So you talked about betting on the fly on a three-on-three tournament. You got to be quick on your fingers because it's uh, 12 seconds. It's basically, and it's 12 seconds as soon as you touch the ball on mm-hmm. defense. So it's basically pass uh, to, to get the ball uh, out of the three-point arc, two-point arc in this point. And you have like 10 seconds to do something. So it's really, really fast-paced. But it's cool. I, I got to tell you, I fell in love with that sports. So I can imagine so, the email that came out and it's like, hey, you're tall. Uh, we have this thing going on. <laughs> exactly. I got We have another tall guy to match you up, and you're gonna speak about tall guys. Yeah, tall stuff. Ball in the back. Yeah, because like if, <laughs> if my if like my wife or Eagle were calling the game, and they're standing next to your partner, like it wouldn't look good, right? In the booth, so they need someone <laughs> not only match him in voice, not only match him in talent, but match him in height too. And you feel you fit the bill for sure. 
Exactly. Yeah, but uh, yeah. I mean, uh, like I played a little bit of basketball. Like you got some play-by-play or, or reporters sometimes that really suck at the sports they talked about. I played a bit, but I'm like, I played for the Lynx de Duomo Petit and the guy besides <laughs> me played with Steph Curry at Davidson College. Uh, Davidson, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I didn't know it was, yes, I didn't know it was Will Lachambeau that you, you were doing it with. So when you said the name, I'm like, oh, fuck, he played with this yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm, the greatest and I'm shooter of all time. <laughs> all time. <laughs> you go. And I'm starstruck because I'm like, this guy has Steph Curry's phone uh, number in his phone. I'm like, can I touch your phone? Can I like can I <laughs> ask him like, if he can get Steph Curry on our show? That oh. would be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I'll try. <laughs> Eagle, you have a question? Yeah. So what you're saying is Pease and Terry have more broadcast experience than you, but you're going to be on national television doing a basketball game. Well, sometimes it's about a matter of being in the right place at the right time. We spoke about the, uh, the Broncos. Uh, last year, there was a wide receiver that was just in the room when all the quarterbacks went down, and he became a quarterback for a game in the NFL, while very good quarterbacks never played a game in the NFL. So I guess at what point it's just uh, sneaking in at I'm the right time. I'm flattered, Renault, but realistically, it's because we're too short. We didn't get the email. <laughs> we, weren't on, we, we didn't make the cut. We're 5'9". You got to be at least 6'4 to ride, to, to ride this ride. And, and, and then uh, my second question, is there any room in production? Because I'm thinking of making a horizontal jump here. I, uh, for sure. Uh, there's so many people that are hired for the Olympics at CBC and Radio-Canada. It's a very big crew. It's super fun. You get like Two weeks, and it's going to be the same thing that when it was in Beijing in 2008. So it's at night, during the night. So when you're working there, you basically sleep, eat, go to work, work, and go back to sleep. It's super fun because it's a, a cool crew. So for sure, I would recommend to, to, to live that experience. I mean, what that's what I do now, so that's not going to change very much. Yeah, the, the, <laughs> the, the, problem, the problem is, Eagle, is that if you're going there... How do I get my laundry back from the laundromat? Yeah. See, that that's sounds like a the, you problem and not a me it's, it's problem. It's very much a me problem. That's the issue. That's, the that's issue. A, so it's a peace problem. So ego, you got to deal with that problem. How are you going to do it from all the way in Japan? It ain't gonna work. Maybe, maybe I'll outsource it to my intern. <laughs> Who's the intern, Alex? Yeah. Fuck, it's going to be late. And it's tough. Uh, I did the uh, uh, when I was in Sochi in Russia. We there was no laundromat, so we had to do the laundry in our bath in our hotel room. So if you do go to Tokyo, you're gonna have a tough time doing the piece uh, laundry in the, in the bath. You mean uh, you just get covered in vodka and, and light it on fire, and that's how you clean it? I mean, that sounds. Uh, good to me. You don't need you don't need to cover it. It's already it's already there. You just gotta light it on fire, Eagle. Exactly. <laughs> so. So now with COVID and stuff, are you going to like stay in the, like, the Olympic Village? Are you going to be able to go out? Like, What's the deal with that? Oh, we're, we're actually staying in Montreal. Uh, we're not, oh, okay. You're not going. Okay. There's like, like five people going to Tokyo. Okay, uh, okay. We're not going to... Uh, and even before COVID, the, the play-by-play announcer that we're not in a big, big-time events like uh, athletics or swimming or whatever, a big uh, event, they're, they're not going there. So we would have done it COVID or not at, at home, but they, they send a very, very short crew there. Uh, there's like five reporters, four or five reporters that goes there. So usually there's like a crew of 20. So it's, uh, it's a small portion for sure. Uh, most of it will be do, done remotely in, in Montreal. I don't know if I'm happy or sad hearing that my taxpayer money doesn't go towards condom use in the Olympic Village. Like only five <laughs> people? I mean, that's a pretty short supply. Unless, <laughs> unless they, they fuck a lot, in which case that would be awesome. Um, yeah, exactly. How do you find that, Renault, uh, the, the ability to call games uh, from a distance, having to deal sometimes, I guess, with lag and not always being able to see things uh, the way you do at the live event? 
I would imagine, I, you know, the, the limited play-by-play I've done, I've only had to do in person. And I already found that that was one of the most challenging things I've ever had to do. Um, what, what do you, what's your experience with having to do it from a distance? It's going to be tough for sure. Like we did the screen test and we were like in a big studio with a big TV in front of you, but there's some delay. And in that case, we didn't have the script of the game. So basically you describe what's thrown in your face as it happens. And it might just be like that during the Olympics. Uh, I don't know how much detail we'll have, but you, you like the, our, our teacher, we had a teacher that taught us a couple of lessons uh, at the screen test. His name is René Potier. He's a monument he used for the French Canadians. He, 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 did some, he did some play-by-play of Hockey Night in Canada in French like 30 years ago. He's like, he's done this uh, for many, many years. So he told us like, you describe what you see on TV. So if there's, I don't know, a cat running on the court to describe whatever you see on TV. So you just react. That's where I guess I've done like 25 years of improv show before. Uh, that's where I guess it's going to it's going to be uh, coming come in handy for me uh, doing all these improv shows. Yeah, for of sure. Of course, uh, it's not the same thing, but you, uh, improv is being able to react quickly, and it's kind of the same thing here. You react to what happens. Uh, it's just really tough because it's uh, mostly U- European sports. Serbian are very good, Lithuanian. So it's not the easiest name on earth to be like, eh, Pavlovich, pass to Dramonovic. <laughs> and it's like they're really quick, so... Uh, on a TV screen, you'd rather be there, but uh, yeah, COVID, uh, we cannot be there. But uh, there, there has been a three-on-three tournament in Montreal in uh, the spring of uh, 2019, which seems like mm-hmm. a thousand years ago. But yep. uh, it was a great event, and um, I'll be there for sure uh, once it comes back. Um, don't take any advice from Mo Khan when it comes to uh, broadcasting, because Mo likes to fill, like, I'd say like 50% of Mo's words are just words he makes up. Or just terms he makes up that don't really make sense. So if you're going to take advice from any of the FPF guys that you've seen, Mokan is not one of them. Pease is probably somebody you should look at. GM is a good one. I was pretty bad, so don't watch me. Uh, But yeah, Pease is a good one. So you got got to really – the point is is joke, fact, joke, 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 fact. Like that's how it works. That's my life. That's my entire life. And if you do anything else different, then I mean, you're just not going to get hired again. That's pretty much it. Are are they actually? Are they actually going to happen? The is is the event actually going to happen? Like I know there was talks about it canceling. I hope so. I mean, you see, right now uh, behind me, I'm I'm doing renovation at my house. I need that money, man. (laughs) (laughs) I need (laughs) I need the Olympics to happen because they won't finish the walls if (laughs) if they don't happen. And I'm joking, but I mean, uh, I I hope so. It's tricky, of course. There won't be any. uh, any spectators, they won't. There's going to be in a weird climate, uh, for sure. But I guess there, there's too much money involved. Uh, at this point, last year, the games were already postponed. Are they going to wait later? I'm not sure. But from what I heard, and I, I spoke to Olympians on the Canadian team, they have right, uh, right now some some documents, some briefing about what to do there. So I guess it's getting more and more concrete since if they get the briefing on what to do there. Do I have the answer? Of course not. But I mean, it looks trending toward a yes. But uh, it would be bad. Beside my gig, it would be really bad if they don't happen uh, just because of all the money inserted in that. And all these young athletes that are at the peak of their form right now uh, and wishing to to participate, it would be bad for them. Uh, I would feel for them, but it's out of our control right now. Maybe if they vaccinate all the athletes, it's gonna, there's going to be a higher chance of happening. 
Uh, we'll see. But right now, the Canadians, athletes, they're preparing to, to do it. So, well, you know, you, you, you've become uh, kind of an authority uh, on the Olympics because, you know, you did work at Sochi and you're going to be doing play-by-play, like we said, at the Tokyo Olympics for uh, Radio Canada. So definitely do check out that note because uh, dude's awesome. Uh, basically, we're just talking today because we're proud of him. We're happy for him. Um, and we, do, we definitely, definitely do want people to check him out. But we do want to test your knowledge. I'm going to list several sports, one after another, and you're going to tell me if, This is a real Olympic sport or a fake one. Okay. <laughs> right. Oh, so I you, do you have the uh, the the um, all the bells and whistles ready. Yeah, we're good. Okay. The first one is dressage. Dressage. That's not a real Olympic sport. Dressage is a real Olympic sport. It has to What do with horses, based on the picture I see on the internet. All right. So, eagle sound. I played Where's it. Product- I can't hear it. Okay, I well, guess I can't hear it. You're bad at this. I'll hear it in post. Dressage. Dressage. Okay, next one. Synchronized boxing. That's not a sports. Yeah, that one is not a real one. I made that up. My dad made jokes about it. <laughs> Steeplechase. Yes, it is. It All is. right. Steeple, you got that one right. You get that What's one right. What's a steeple? Uh, you look inside and see all the people. Yeah, it's it's when they walk really fast. Uh, and I think uh, Steeple Chase. I think it's the 1,000 meter or 1,500. Uh, I don't remember, but uh, Steeple Chase. This is the thing about the Olympics that fucking pisses me off. And I'm not going to get you in any trouble, you know. But they try to cancel wrestling. Like wrestling is like the ultimate athletic sport. And they try to cancel that because it doesn't bring enough ratings. But yet Steeple Chase... And dressage are our sporting events in the Olympics. Oh, but wait, Terry. Now we're going to find out if this next sport is, in fact, in the Olympics, canoe slalom. Yeah, it is. Canoe slalom is a real sport. Canoe slalom sounds like a, like, a, like, a, like, a, like a beer game, like at a house party. You know, you get yeah, in a canoe. You, you and would you do it at your bachelor party, I guess. That's it, yeah. yeah. What about, okay, I got, I got two left. Um... Aquatic moguls. Aquatic moguls. That's not happening. That is not a real sport. That's the thing I just made up right now. Uh, not a real sport. And finally, air pistol. Uh, which is like shooting with a, a pistol? Because there's an air, uh, air pistol, like a, like a BB gun. I know there's, a, uh, there's a, something about pistols, but not air pistols. So you're saying false, not true, not a real sport? My final answer is false. It is true. Air Pistol has been part of the Olympic program since 1998. It looks stupid. <laughs> I mean, I knew there was something about pistols, but I knew it was Air Pistol. <laughs> imagine, imagine, imagine a guy knows, like, he's like, actually, I don't want to say anything, but I am the play-by-play guy for Air Pistols. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, you know, the guy shooting me. <laughs> and, and to answer the question before, dressage is with horses. It's basically equestrian dancing. Oh, I know. Oh, okay. yeah, well, I know there's a couple dancing. of equestrian uh, stuff, but I, I okay. thought dressage was like, uh, uh, you know, with the, the dogs when they make them go around some some. It's basically that, everything. but the horse version. Yeah, you're exactly right. How can you win? How can you be a jockey for a horse that's doing all the work and you get a gold medal? Does the horse get a gold medal? No, the horse, gets, the horse gets made into glue. 
it was like, it was like the year where, where Jacques Villeneuve won Athlete of the Year, and I was like, he's not the car. So, yeah. <laughs> um, Randall, he's not the you, car. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for letting us waste your time. Uh, it was an absolute pleasure. I miss you, man. It was nice talking to you. Exactly. That's what I was. I, that was I was about to say. I miss you guys. I miss FPF. I miss flag football. Let's hope we start again soon. I want to play, and man, are we gonna enjoy those games when they're gonna come back? Oh uh, man, I can't wait. Take care, guys. Bye, guys. <laughs> Bye, guys. Uh, thank you, thank you for inviting me, and take care. We'll see you on the field sooner rather than later. Absolutely. We'll good luck. Good luck in Tokyo. Yeah. Thanks. Bye. <laughs> and we're back. You know what else is back is right now I'm playing bets on Hot Streak Fantasy. It's probably it's, – it's unbelievable, man. Honestly, I know we spoke about it in the live and we spoke about it a bunch, but I can't get enough of it. Every time I get that notification, hey, games are starting. Where are you? I'm right here, buddy. I'm right here logging into Hot Streak Fantasy. So you pick two to three players. You, you bet on if they're going to get over – oh, wow, I won. I won a nice. random bet that I placed the other day. Joe Kitch and Paul George. Oh, remember when I did the live – remember when I did the live bet? And I, on the and show, I said, yeah. Yeah. And I, oh, where was it? I got to find it. It was such a bad bet, and I lost it completely. It was Ben Simmons over, <laughs> over under 12 and a half points. You know how many he had? How many? Eight. Oof. I took over. And then Russell Westbrook, over 22 and a half points. He had 20. He probably got 37 assists. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. But anyway, it's the, it's, the, it's the best, man. You can bet five to ten bucks. Uh, I, I will say there's off. something addictive about uh, you get that notification, you pop up. I look at my phone, I'm like, oh bastard i i got and it's like for me it's i watch a lot of the late games and it's just like uh my wife's already asleep fine it's my companion for the evening it's a good time it's fun it's uh, it's, I, us, it's that addictive i don't even watch the game sometimes i'm just looking at the score app and i'm seeing okay who's on the court right now let me just play it quickly and i end up winning money i'm up i love it yeah well that's the thing you you do need to streak responsibly don't be like terry watch nope. the games that you're betting on at least exactly streak responsibly streak responsibly Iced and Glaze. Avram Glazer, who's the owner of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Manchester United, was followed by a reporter and asked to answer to Man U fans. Here's the clip. Do you have anything to say to Manchester United fans, Mr. Glazer? Is it time to sell the club, Mr. Glazer? Nothing to say at all. Are the fans just customers to you? The customer always right, Mr. Glazer. <laughs> Nothing to say at all to the fans of Manchester United, Mr. Glazer. This is an opportunity for you. An apology. Uh, what's he gonna say? Does yeah. he say? He does not say anything, though. No. All right, man. The fans just so the, you, the, thing, the thing is about this guy is that him and his boy, his billionaire buddies. Is that they only care about the bottom dollar, and that's what you have to understand. You have to many- you have to understand is that they only care about the bottom dollar. But he's the owner of a business. That's what they do. Yeah, like, I, I get don't, it. Why this is shocking? England's acting like like they don't have corporations there. It, it's the strangest thing. Like I get it. I know there's there's it's a small island with like a hundred soccer teams crammed into it, and I know how passionate they are. It's awesome. That said, like you have to know that fans always care more about the team than the owners. That's always the case. Exactly. And the thing is, is that I didn't see any Manchester United fans protesting when they fought when they thought they won the league in January. So it was like, 
Manchester United fans like, like, oh, no, we're good. We're going to win the division, so it's fine. Nobody's protesting about anything. And now all of a sudden, they're not going to win. They're like, oh, let's just, just fucking go protest. Manchester United fans can suck my ass, including Alex the intern. Next. Well said. Family jewels. <laughs> On the Pat McAfee show, McAfee described the situation where Tom Brady suggested Julian Edelman may not actually be retired. Julian Edelman in the crowd that was potentially listening or in the room in the group chat. He said, uh, Julian's not retiring. He was just too scared to tell Bill. And then Tom goes, I've been there. Yeah. You know? And Julian's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Julian basically the entire time was like, whoa, 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 whoa. And he was like, I guess I'll talk to Kevin Hart. Everybody else was like, yeah. So it's uh, Tom Brady, Kevin Hart, Mark Wahlberg, Michael Strahan, Kay Adams, Deion Sanders, and Julian Edelman down there at the bottom. And I do believe the way this particular conversation was going was it was a six-on-one as well. Oh, yeah. It was a, hey, Julian, you're just going to do exactly what Gronk did. You're going back down to Tampa. What are we even talking about? The injury is cool. Gronk. Gronk had the same thing, and then he did a CBD press conference. He came back to life again. And, and Tom Brady even chimes in and goes, now nah, he's just scared to tell Billy he's going to come down to Tampa or whatever. If Julian does that, okay, if Julian – after the Foxborough Forever shirts. Oh, man. <laughs> do you think – the New England Patriots fans will hate him forever. That's what people think. I, if he doesn't go and join Tampa, I think he's an idiot. Like, if he feels yeah. good, if his knee feels good, and he feels healthy, he knows that offense. Him and Tom make magic together for whatever reason. Gronk's down there. Another weapon to that offense. He wouldn't have to play. Wouldn't, wouldn't need him for 40 snaps a, ga- a yeah. game, 30 snaps a game with everybody else. Just need you, you know, third down, red zone, whenever Julian Edelman really makes his money. Like, let's go ahead and do that. That makes sense to us. He did not say no to it last night. I don't think. I, I, And Tom Brady's not pressing him publicly if Tom Brady thinks there's no chance of him coming back, right? Tom would be in that moment, you would think, a supportive friend. Like, no, his knee, you know, we wish Julian could come back. He's happy. Yeah, but instead he was like, nah, he's fucking, yeah. He's coming back. Yeah, he's coming. We are going to get him down. If Mike Greenberg, BA in light, in this beautiful city of Tampa Bay, figure out how to get Julian Edelman on that team where he can only play, like, what, however many games he has to play that matter, which they can do with that team. Obviously, everybody, it's Tom Brady, by the way. That's what Tom Brady, yeah. and that's why it's Tom What do we do with Scotty Miller? Julian then? said, get me the fuck out of here. I'll go play with Tom Brady. That's what everybody's going to say. As a Patriots fan, that has to be heartbreaking to hear. I mean, Foxborough forever. <laughs> he can kiss the Hall of Fame goodbye. No! I'm not fucking <laughs> pushing that anymore. But even if he is playing six games, him telling Scotty Miller, like, hey, by the way, this is what Brady likes when you're doing this, do this. Like, him as just even in a teaching role, I feel like, benefits the Why Bucks. is Julian Edelman so good, DB? Uh, savvy. Savvy, he's he's tough as he's tough as shit that with that ball in his public? hands. Good, good, good after the catch, um, and always kind of got to the right spot. Is that Darius Butler? I think I, I so. couldn't tell. I, so, I believe it was. What do we do with Scotty Miller then? What, like I feel bad. I, like, I love all these only guys. The wide receiver, by the way. Yeah, like, but no, but <laughs> well, it's because he's not replacing Mike Evans. He's not replacing Antonio Brown. He's going to replace Scotty Miller. Well, I think I think that the, what they're saying is he's not a guy who would play every down. Like he'd be a guy like sort of quote unquote beneath Scotty Miller on the depth chart, but just playing less, like playing in specific packages, kind of thing. Um, I don't what, think Julian Edelman's coming out of retirement. I heard him on I heard him on part of my take, and he seems like he's very comfortable with this decision. What what this reminds me of though, I like I don't even think it's fully serious, but this reminds me of I have a friend who got an awesome. Well, it's a terrible <laughs> job, but they pay him buy like the they, they they fill up a wheelbarrow full of cash and they just drop it in his living room every 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 week that's that's how much he gets paid uh he got to move to san diego he lives on the beach oh and, like, i love san diego he uh he basically said you know he's always like come over come see like i think all he wants to do 
is like hang out with his friends to show off how awesome his life is. That's what Tom Brady is like. It's like, listen, man, I know. I know that even when it's sunny, it's kind of cloudy in New England. So come to Tampa where even when it's cloudy, it's sunny. It's a good time. It's fun. Me and Gronk, we're going to party. Let's do it. We're even allowed to drink here. <laughs> we can even go to a restaurant here. We're, yeah, we're allowed to be in public. We're allowed to yeah. Tweet. We're allowed to do basic shit that humans do. I love it. But I, I don't know. If I were the Bucks, I wouldn't do it. Fuck it. Next, flip-flop. Here's the LA Times Bill Plasky's take on LeBron flip-flopping on the inclusion of the play-in round. Now, we also have a quote from LeBron last year sounding very excited about other teams when they had a chance to compete for the play-in. And we have a quote from LeBron in 2018 when the idea was first brought up and he said this is whack. It's corny. So he's been all over the place here. Bill Plasky, I turn to you. Is LeBron wrong here? No, LeBron is right, and he was right last year about the pandemic. It's a different situation now. You don't need the, – the season should be able to determine the, the top eight seeds. You don't need all these extra games. But the fact that he would even bring this up tells you how worried he is about the Lakers and how worried he should be about the Lakers. It's not that they're worried about losing the play-in game. It's that they're worried about losing the practice time they would get if they weren't in the play-in game. And this team needs practice. They're one in six since AD came back. They're 0 and two since LeBron came back. They they can't figure out the figure out the defense. Kyle Kuzma says they're not connected, and they're not connected, and they need time. And they'll be fine if they get this t- practice time on the court together. But a playing game is, is going to mess that up. And so I don't blame LeBron for being upset. And he's worried. They ought to be worried. This is where this is where I'm where I'm at with LeBron. Is I like LeBron. I think he's fantastic. I think he's one of the best players of all time, if not the best. I also think he's probably sometimes he can sound like the biggest fucking baby on earth and that's what's happening right now he's a baby because his team is shit he's like why should we have to play where last year the same situation i don't care bill plashke can suck my ass i don't think that the situation is anything any different than what it is from last year it's a shortened season there's still there's still bubbles like it's not it's well technically bubbles but it's i don't think that I, I, this is what the league decided. You fucking suck it up. This is the league that you play for. You suck it up. You play. This is the situation. Because last year, if you were in that same situation, you would have been complaining because you would have wanted to make the playoffs. He's sounding entitled and he's a fucking baby. Well, so, but I so like Mark Cuban, Mark Cuban made the same point after saying it was a great idea last year as well. Um, what I'm noticing, Terry, is that the teams that went that had a long run in the uh, NBA last season with the shortened offseason are struggling this season because of injury. We've seen Jimmy Butler miss a lot of time. We've seen LeBron get hurt who never gets hurt. We've seen AD be hurt. We've seen these teams struggling. And what it is with LeBron and these opinions, I kind of feel like he's just always trying to be too too accessible. He always wants a quote. He's always there. And like, as a guy who talks all the time, this guy, I, I contradict myself all the time. But guess who's not LeBron? This guy. So when I do it, it doesn't matter. It's expected. It, that's the thing that happens. Like when you're talking all the time, you're going to contradict yourself. You're going to make mistakes. Um, I just think that, you know, I know you have your obligations. Maybe take a bit of a nod from Kawhi in this last part of your of your, of your uh, NBA uh, stardom. Hot streak break. I just won 25 bucks. I took Julius Randle over zero and a half points. And, J- <laughs> and what's Tatum's first name? Jason. Jason Tatum. I was going to say Jamal. Jason Tatum, zero and a half points. I just won 25 bucks on Hot Streak Fantasy app. Go get it now. So th- that I agree with you, Peace. I absolutely agree with you. Is that 
he's whatever. Okay. LeBron James, he's always looking, he's always the guy that people go to for a soundbite. So he's going to contradict himself. It's impossible that he's not going to contradict himself. If I've contradicted myself a million times and I'm me, I'm nobody, you know what I mean? LeBron yeah. James, there's always a microphone in his face. So whatever he's thinking in the moment, he's going to say, and in the moment he's like, fuck, I don't want to have to play a play in game. Whoever came up with that idea is a fucking idiot. And maybe it makes him like the most real guy of all time. Like it actually makes him more in human. that way, yeah. Because yeah, makes, it makes like the rest of us, yeah. Yeah, it makes him more human. I get that, uh, and I can respect LeBron for that. But I think he's also a very entitled baby sometimes. <laughs> All right, it's reality. Next, uh, you've stopped to be kidding me. While well, we discussed the rumors that Terry Stotts may be coaching his last few games for the Portland Trailblazers and may be replaced by Jason Kidd, uh, let's remind ourselves of the time that someone trusted Dame time so well they pointed to their watch while he took a shot. Yeah. Um, Wait, who is that? It's a fan. It's a fan. Point, as, as Dame's hitting the game winner, she's pointing to her watch because it's Dame time. <laughs> It's awesome. It's it's a great picture. Um, I kind of feel though, looking at this, that I don't see a world of difference between Terry Stotts and the Jason Kidd, other than the fact that Jason Kidd was one of the top five point guards of all time. But as a coach, he is Terry Stotts. He's a guy who can take a very good team or a or a decent team and make them one notch below that. He can make a very good team good, and he can make a good team decent. That's what Jason Kidd is, and that's what Terry Stotts is. I mean, the thing what about Jason basketball Kidd done as a head coach, nothing. Other than the thing, okay, that's the thing. Nothing. The thing about basketball coaches is that they're all interchangeable. Like, who's going to win Coach of the Year this year? Doc Rivers or, or uh, Thibodeau? You, you Tibbs is going to win Coach of the Year this year. You say, you say that, but there, like, there's there's a reason there's a reason why Eric Spolstra has got like he's taken. Was it six teams to the finals in nine years, and only four of them had LeBron? Oh no, no, yeah, no, no. I'm not saying all coaches. Eric Spoelstra is he? I, there's, I, a, there's a middle. There's a middle tier yeah. of coaches that are that are absolutely replaceable. I know what you mean. Oh, 100 percent, yeah. And look at Thibodeau's going to win Coach of the Year, and he's part of that middle tier. You know what I mean? Like that's just the reality of of the way it is in the NBA. And you can put anybody in there. And Jason Kidd, all they need because the basketball is such a player driven league that all you need is a guy just to organize the rest of them, the rest of the roster. That's all you need. Like, uh, Frank Vogel is perfect at that. Like, he's the best coach at doing that. And he's part of that middle pack. He's not a great... You can, you can be out coach though. Like, the, yeah, it's about, I agree. There's a lot of adjustments that need to be made in game. There's a, oh, there's no, a lot of... Yeah, yeah. I'm not, no. Like, defensively, rotations. I'm not saying that... I'm not saying it doesn't require... Like, you don't have to be a good coach to be successful. I'm saying is that if there's the middle pack, they're all interchangeable. All, like, let's say you take 15 of them in the middle. They're, you can put them on a rotation every year, change teams, and it won't, nothing will change. Yeah. Are we, are we done with Dame time? Can we move on We're to uh, the next one? Big Mac. Right. Big Mac. According to Michael Lombardi of The Athletic and The Daily Coach, the New Orleans Saints wanted to trade up to draft Mac Jones ahead of the Patriots but couldn't find anyone to trade with. That would have been the most – that would have been a nice QB battle, Mac Jones versus Taysom Hill. Uh, that would have been something I would have watched. That would have been a hard knock because I would love to have watched. So I think I'm about to be wrong on Mac Jones. I was very much looking at Mac Jones like, he looks good. He looks fine. Like He looks like one of those guys who's going to play for a long time. He'll be a starter for about half of that time. That's just what I thought. I hope I hope not. I hope the kid's great. I, I honestly, like, I hope for anybody to be great at what they do, uh, especially if they're not in my division. Now he is in my division, so I guess I don't hope it. But um, the fact that 
two guys who I think have probably a better handle on this than most guys. Uh, Bill Belichick and Sean Payton both want to trade. Well, one drafted him and one wants to trade up for him. I think I'm wrong. I think I'm wrong, and now I'm really scared that the Patriots are going to win the next 10 divisions again. They probably will win the next 10 divisions again because Mac Jones is going to be a good quarterback, and Mac Jones is not going to play this year. But now Terry, wait, wait, but now Terry said, "Eagle, I need you to weigh in." So Bill Belichick, what's got more power, the power, the positive force of Bill Belichick and Sean Payton, or the Mitch Trubisky force of Terry Tab? Oh, that's Oof, a good question. Man. The Mitch Trubisky <laughs> force is something to be uh, contended with for sure. Um, I'm gonna go with that, but it's tight, man. That's that's a tough one. Give Mitch, give Mitch a very good offensive coordinator. Give a him very everything, good. and he's still. Mitch Trubisky. Give um, Mitch. Don't worry, give, it, don't worry about it, Terry. I had an article out this week about the many draft picks I got wrong. One of them was Chicago Bears quarterback Cade McNown that I thought was going to be excellent. So don't worry. We all get him wrong. Mitch uh, Trubisky is the best quarterback of that draft, baby. Best quarterback of that draft. I'll, I'll die on my fucking shield with that. So and that includes Bama Holmes and Deshaun Watson. He go fuck okay. everybody. All right, cool. <laughs> And our last one for today, Red Ring of Death. Uh, Bill and Melinda Gates are calling it quits after, was it 29 years, 25 years? It's a long time. Uh, and we have a shout-out to Rory Petzer, who captured the final moment uh, in this particular little clip. Listen closely. <laughs> touching final words. Touching final words. Um, <laughs> oh. It's amazing. The internet is undefeated. This Every is... Time. Why now? He's in the middle of this whole vaccine thing and and plastic food and all that stuff. Why not? Why like? What did she decide to do? Like someone hit and up his DMs, probably. I don't know. I think I think it was the opposite. I think it's like now that she's got that five G flowing through her veins, he can track her, and he's like, "Well, listen, I can still spy on my ex. Plus, now I'm loaded. I'm still loaded. I'm half less loaded because I, we didn't get a prenup, but at least." I can get out there. I can get on the Tinder um, and see what's out there for me. You think you think he offered it like a prenup in the middle? Like they got married really early, right? They got married in like college and shit. You think he offered her a prenup like when he made his no, first they, million? They got, married, they got married in 1994, way after he had already started uh, Microsoft. I I actually oh, made, I thought they knew each other in college. They might have known each other, but they only got married in that. Oh, okay, I could be wrong. Um, he, Eagle, I made the mistake of uh, of telling my wife, like, could you believe that he didn't get her to sign a prenup? And she's like, well, you know, what about Hot Sauce Sports? What if you guys started making a lot of money? And I was like, it's d- different. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, honestly, it's just he wants well, to. Get I'll on- just pay. I'll pay you cash, please. So he's, no, he's- paper, no paper trail. <laughs> Thank you, Eric. Much appreciated. Much appreciated. Um, he's he's uh, he's been with one woman for so long. He wants to see some other Xboxes. So. I don't know if you guys know this. The Xbox, you know why it's called the Xbox? It's named after – don't say it's named after Melinda Gates, please. Nope, no. Okay. So you guys ever remember uh, playing games on your computer and you had to install a library called DirectX and it was like version yes. 7, 8, 9, 10? So that yes. was the Microsoft video encoder technology that they had, okay? It's the tools they used for rendering stuff. So to play their game, to play games on a PC, you needed to have that. So when they were building this game console, their internal name for it was the DirectX Box because they didn't have an actual name for this damn thing, but it was literally that. It was this big fucking square that they were working on, which was just basically a PC, right? It was like a PC yeah. using their software in a box. 
And so the marketing guys were like, why don't we just fucking call it an Xbox for? Like, just cut the direct out of it. Just Xbox. Nerd. Yeah, basically. Yeah. All I'm thinking is Melinda Gates. Listen, we all know the, the, the women the women always settle, right? They're always the more attractive of us. So she's going to go out there. She's going to get hers. So good on her. Happy for, for her. If this is what leads to them finding happiness, good on them. Uh, Terry, tin thank foil, you. Tinfoil hat time on this one. Go ahead. Melinda yeah. Gates, Mackenzie Scott. They get together. They form Amazon and Microsoft 2.0, whatever name it's going to be. Microzon or something. Or Microsoft. Yeah. She's still on she's still on the uh, on the board. So she's going to stay on so she has a non-compete. So that. Hmm. So what if, there goes what your if, idea eagle nerd. What if they form a company though and they take a shot at the manhood the manhoods of Bezos and Gates and call the company Microsoft. <laughs> anyway, uh, that's it for today's show. Guaranteed Bill Gates has a Microsoft. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Well, I mean, look, he named his company that, right? So it is what it is. Um, thank you to Renaud Saint Laurent. He was awesome. I, I hope he knows that this is how the episode he was on ended. It ended with Bill, uh, Bill Gates' small and uh, soft penis. Eagle, thank you for your penis in this show. You really uh, helped pull it through. Uh, and thank you all, of course, for letting me be myself. But also subscribe, and I'll thank you more. And like us, and give us money. Bye-bye. Hot Sauce Sports.